You are listening to Spitball with Andrew Ballhold Mellows. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows. Uh, with me this week is, um, well, no one. Uh, you see, young Marcus, after presenting Spitball on his own last week, um, has decided he's going to have a week off himself, which I think is uh, ridiculously cheeky. But uh, I suppose at the same time, fair play to him. Big thank you to him for obviously filling in for me on his own last week. It was a great show, Marcus. So uh, keep up the good work, buddy. And uh, look forward to catching up with you properly next week when we record episode 55. As uh, our regular listeners know, I was actually out of the country last week uh, on a bullhawk by week, so to speak. Uh, I was in the great city of Chicago. Um, and with that said, I would like to say a big thank you to Ali and Danny for uh, putting up with me for the five days. Um, it was great to catch up, chilled out, had a great time. And I'm still not sure whether it was a blessing or a curse that I got introduced to the MTV show Are You The One? But we will see what happens on that front. One final thank you I would like to fit in and that is to John's Tavern up in Winfield and all the staff there um, who looked after me when I was up there on the Thursday evening and also to the good folks at the Brit and Yankee pubcast. Uh, so Phil, Mike and Mark, thank you very much for your hospitality last Thursday. It was great to be able to meet you and also to uh, record one of your beer shows with you. So thank you very much for having me on as a guest. We will put a link to that in the show notes once that episode uh, of the uh, podcast is available online. So stay tuned for that. We'll obviously tweet that when that comes out as well. So that concludes all of my thank yous. Now let's Get back to the week nine action. Hello, Bit Yankee. If I come into your pub, will I get a firkin of ale? Certainly, sir. You can have a firkin pie, you can have firkin fish and chips, you watch the firkin football on the firkin telly. Bloody Americans. Well, our barman may be a bit of a lad, but two lads you won't want to miss are Phil Clark and Mike Lingerfelter down at the Britain Yankee. Join them every fortnight in Chicago's very own online British pub, where you'll join in some good old pub chat and perhaps even enjoy a pint of your favourite ale. Check the boys out at www.thebritainyankee.com and remember, no MP3 player or iPod is necessary. All you need is a computer and some speakers. So we'll see you down the pub, and until then, cheers! I'm going to start my Week 9 roundup with the Monday night football matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Giants. Now, going into this game, Eli Manning has been uh, playing a bit sort of... Uh, he'll play well one week, he won't play well the next, but he's starting to come to terms with that new offence, so wasn't quite sure what Eli Manning would turn up. 
Andrew Luck, on the other hand, is having an unbelievable season. Going into the game, um, he had thrown 22 touchdowns um, and over 2,500 yards this season. So for a third season in the league, which is when you would expect these great players, also the former rookies, this is when you would expect the players to really start showing what they're worth. So we know from the last two seasons, uh, Andrew Luck has had uh, great seasons, getting, I think, 23 touchdowns in each of his last two seasons. But this year, he's obviously, well, as you're about to find out, he has uh, surpassed that total um, and is looking towards uh, a great third season. So the game itself uh, started off pretty slowly with the only touchdown of the first half on an Andrew Luck pass to his college tight end, Kobe Fleener. Uh, and that was, of course, after a very controversial call uh, where they ruled a Kobe Fleener uh, diving effort a catch, even though you can clearly see from the video that he does fumble the catch. He gets ripped out from, from his arms. But unfortunately for Tom Coughlin, he decided to keep his red challenge flag in his sock. Not sure what you were thinking there, Tom. Surely you want to have the challenge flag to hand quickly so that you don't have to worry about fumbling around in your own socks. Uh, With that said, (laughs) he couldn't get the challenge flag out in time. And before you know it, Andrew Luck's got that Colts offense up to the line of scrimmage. And on the very next play, that is when he throws that touchdown pass to Kobe Fleener for the only score of the first half. So moving into the, the second half, T.Y. Hilton uh, continuing to, to play well with Andrew Luck. T.Y. Hilton's another one of those players starting to come into his own this year. He's had a few massive games, and I will put uh, a link to this in the show notes. Obviously, no Marcus this week, so there is no Marcus and the Mind Blowers. However, as you have my good self, the Bullhawk, I will bring to you Bullhawk's in-flight entertainment which will be my selection of this week's highlights so as part of that we have a sterling catch by ty hilton showing that you should never give up on a play until the whistle goes Uh, andrew luck throws a bomb towards the end zone the cornerback has the perfect coverage on it even starts making the interception but as he's coming down with it ty hilton rips the ball out uh, and manages to come away with the touchdown so this is what i'm always telling my spartans players you always fight for that that ball and you always keep playing to the whistle because you just never know uh, what's going to happen so be sure to check that one out from the show notes other things to mention or highlights from the game from a new york perspective uh, we have the young rookie odell beckham jr coming out of lsu playing really well now he's actually got to start this season so he's been playing three possibly four games now this season and um, had another monster game as far as yardage goes and pretty much carried that new york passing attack uh, with 158 yards uh, on his own. So without him, I don't know where they would be this season. So Manning himself threw two touchdown passes, but all in all, that Colts offense was just too much to handle for the New York Giants. And the Colts came away with the win. Now, before I move on to the next game, I do obviously want to come back to uh, Mr. Luck, uh, Andrew Luck, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts had another big game threw for over 300 yards again uh, 340 yards I believe was his total afterwards uh, and four touchdowns taking his total for the season to 26 touchdowns now as I mentioned that surpassed his previous totals in the past two seasons he's getting 23 in each of those seasons and we're only nine games in so far so when you look at the season he's having with his over 3,000 yards now as well he's on pace to get well over 5,000 yards and throw for over 40 touchdowns 
not bad for a third-year quarterback, eh? So um, this is why there was so much hype about him coming out of college, proving that he was the most NFL-ready rookie in most recent time. Cam Newton did set quite a few records, but... I think when people come to look back on the last few years, there's one quarterback that stands out, and that is definitely Andrew Luck. So move on now, otherwise I'll end up talking about that for quite some time. Move on to Oakland versus Seattle. Now, Seattle being the defending Super Bowl champions, and I will never say world champions unless you twist my arm behind my back because let's face it much so I love NFL you can't have a national football league resulting in world champions that just doesn't make any sense so (laughs) grind over Uh, the Seahawks uh, say defending champions were up against the struggling Oakland Raiders who are yet to win a game so far this year the game pretty much went as expected with Seattle taking a resounding 24-3 to lead come the start of the third quarter. And just when you think things were all going to go Seattle's way, that was when the Raiders decided they were actually going to wake up. They'd managed to force the Seahawks into a punt. And on that play, John Ryan's plump was blocked. That's right, folks, a blocked punt. Not very often you get to see those. So again, another highlight for the Bullhawks in-flight entertainment, which I will bring to you in the show notes, uh, managed to block the punt and it ended up in the end zone being recovered by Oakland. The start of the recovery, or was it? Yep, that's right, folks. It was indeed the start of the recovery as uh, Oakland then went on to score two touchdowns uh, courtesy of uh, Rivera, the tight end for the Raiders. Uh, A couple of great catches, uh, clutch catches as well, given the situation. But Seattle just had a little bit too much for them and uh, ended up coming away victors 30-24. Now, a lot of you out there know that I'm a big believer in the Madden cover curse. Now, bearing in mind this was a team that hasn't won a game this year, running the defending champions that close, the game basically came down to an onside kick, uh, which was nearly recovered by the Raiders, but Seattle just managed to, to jump on top of. If you're coming down to a situation where you're having to rely on defending an onside kick, you've got some serious issues. I mean, they are 5-3 and three at the moment, but they are looking far from the team that everyone saw last year. It's almost like they're expecting to win this year, whereas last year they had a chip on their shoulder. Um, this year they just seem to be taking their foot off the gas and just uh, thinking they deserve the victories. Well, we all know in the NFL that's just not going to happen. Next up, we stay in the NFC West and we move on to the St. Louis versus San Francisco match, the division battle there um, between two teams. Uh, One team who you would expect to run away with the victory in the 49ers and the St. Louis Rams who have been... uh, Well, the defence has been picking up recently, let's face it, and I'm sure uh, Marcus would have been happy with this particular game. During the game, the Rams managed to rack up seven sacks on Colin Kaepernick and not just that they forced three fumbles of which they recovered two Uh, it was a very very defensive game so there's not really too many highlights as such 
to take from this game. However, it did boil down to uh, St. Louis getting a, a field goal with about four minutes left on the clock and managing to hold out San Francisco with a goal line stand resulting in a fumble. Now, this is where all the 49ers fans out there, probably including Wolfie, uh, will be fuming at me <laughs> just describing it like that. It was, of course, uh, a controversial fumble uh, in the end but Kaepernick never looked like he had control of the ball Lauren I just did the smart thing came up with the ball from the pile and once they'd ruled uh, a fumble in favour of St. Louis um, they were never going to overturn it because there just wasn't anywhere near uh, enough footage to do so so in the end St. Louis coming away with a very close 13-10 division victory over the 49ers but from what I saw of the game I would have to say uh, the Rams thoroughly deserved that win and they just seemed to be by far the better team defensively uh, and San Francisco just couldn't get anything going on the ground or in the air despite the best efforts of the former Bill Stevie Johnson. I come now to the last game I want to sort of talk about and you'll see why in a second and that is the Denver versus New England game the Brady versus Manning battle episode 16 Brady went into this game uh, leading the series 10 to 5 with some of those battles even coming in the AFC championship games now the last few weeks you've heard me talk quite a lot about the Brady Manning debate and for me, as again, if you've been listening, you'll know that I personally see Brady as the better quarterback. Now, not only does he lead the series 10 to 5 or led the series 10 to 5 going into this particular game, um, he's got more Super Bowl rings. When you look at the fact that he's also been to eight AFC championship games and you look at how many seasons he's been in the league, approximately two thirds of Brady's entire playing career results in him getting to the AFC Championship game. Now, Manning can't say that, so this is just another reason why, if I had the choice, I'm picking Brady. But for more about my thoughts on the Denver versus New England game, I think you should all take a minute to keep listening, of course, and also head over to the Lowdown blog on our website, so for those just on our website, click on the lowdown link. Alternatively, the address is www.bullhawksnest.com forward slash the hyphen low hyphen down. OK, so go over there and check out my recap from that game. You are listening to Spitball. This is the part of the show where I would normally be asking... What grinds Marcus's gears? But, as I mentioned earlier, no Marcus. So, what am I going to do? Do I have a gear grind? Not this week. I'm feeling very happy with the general state of the NFL at the moment in the action we had in week nine, certainly. So, instead, I'm going to bring you some player news. Here is the news. This week, we found out that Tony Romo wouldn't play on Sunday, um, and that is because he's believed to have two fractured vertebrae in his back, uh, following on from the back surgery he had in the off-season this year. So, realistically, I would see him being out for uh, a couple of weeks, at least, because it's a very uh, risky injury to be playing with. But he has made the flight over to London for this week's upcoming game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Also on the grapevine, we've heard that Marcus Lattimore, the uh, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, he was drafted back in 2013 in the latter rounds purely because he was coming off the back of some serious uh, knee injuries. In his penultimate college year, uh, he suffered ligament tears in his left knee. And then, of course, in his final year in college, in his senior year, he had a dislocated knee. Um, it's a really devastating and sickening injury when you see it because his his kneecap got blown to one side by a direct shot from a, an opposing player's helmet. Completely accidental in the context of the game, but also it's not something I'm going to put a link to in the show notes. If you want to go out there and, and check it out and see what I'm talking about, then obviously feel free to do so. Anyway, back to the news around him. He is contemplating his future in the league uh, as he's still not been able to make a full recovery from that knee injury uh, we await to hear whether he is going to retire or if he is going to try and make an effort to, to play for the league whether that be for the 49ers who drafted him or whether that be moving on to another team also this week in injury news during uh, their game the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Nick Foles went out with a broken collarbone. So another quarterback going down with a, a bad injury. Again, you would expect him to be out for quite some time. And finally, in my little player news segment, we saw the return of Robert Griffin III to action this week, coming in in what is very much turning into the quarterback carousel uh, <laughs> At Washington. So this year they've seen Griffin play, they've seen uh, Kirk Cousins play, we've had Colt McCoy, now we're back to Robert Griffin III, now he's back from injury and we will remain to see whether he can pick up the form he had in his rookie year uh, or if his injury last year really has had a detrimental uh, impact on his career. Who are you? I don't even know your name, what's your name? Turn around, let me see your name. Turn around, let me see your name. Turn, turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby, you're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't fix with these clothes. <laughs> I think I my tooth. I wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. Now we come on to my favourite part of the show, and that is our weekly awards. Now, I know Marcus chose to do things a little bit differently last week uh, and get yourself involved. Um, as I was so entertained by the action this week, I'm afraid I've taken that decision away. I know, call me mean, call me fatty, call me whatever you like, but I'm afraid I've taken the power back this week, taken one back for the presenters. And I am going to start with our award. The reason I'm going to start there is because the producer is probably going to be very unhappy with my choices for the Mr. Ray Lewis Awards, but we will come on to that shortly. So uh, my runner-up this week 
is going to be Jeremy Macklin, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had another big game this week. He's another player who should be on everyone's radars at the moment just for the consistent performances he's been putting in. Uh, he had 158 yards receiving this week, two touchdowns, and not to mention he made Mark Sanchez look good uh, when Sanchez came in to replace Foles. No mean feat to make Mr. Sanchez look good. So fair play to Jeremy Macklin, uh, a great game and as I say really on fire at the moment now we come on to my award winner and that is drum roll please Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How could I not pick Big Ben this week? He's just had an amazing couple of weeks. In total, over the last two weeks, he's had 12 touchdowns. That's right, folks. This week, Ben Roethlisberger threw another six touchdowns against the Ravens. Just simply unbelievable. Uh, 340 yards as well in total. Uh, get to multiple receivers. And he just seems to be absolutely on fire. At the moment, it's just playing crazy well. And I suggest everyone, if you haven't already, try to pick him up off the waiver wire. If he's available in your fantasy leagues, then I suggest you do so straight away. Unless you're the big dog and you've got a higher waiver claim than me. In which case, keep your hands off my quarterback, boy. So now we move on to the Mr. Award. And I'm going to start off with my runner-up. Now, this is where, again, uh, I will uh, (laughs) cue a soundbite from the producer once I've given my choice for this. And I have gone for the entire St. Louis Rams defense. But I'm afraid after their performance with the 49ers, I had to go for them. Seven sacks, uh, so three forced fumbles, two fumbles recovered, uh, and they held uh, a powerful 49ers offense to just 10 points so that is why they are my runner-up for the mr award not to mention the fact that that goal line fumble to win the game that's why defense wins championships people no no Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no 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 hell no 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 i refuse no no (laughs) So, yes, I knew that wouldn't go down very well. And um, this next one might not either. So we come on now to the winner of my Mr. Award. And although it's his team, I've gone for the Miami Dolphins entire defense. Wow, look at that. Two total team defenses this week. I'm going to be a very, very unpopular man in Letchworth for sure. Um, Reason why I picked them, they shut out the San Diego Chargers. Um, Do I need to give any more reasons than that? I will anyway, just to be on the safe side, but completely shutting out an opposing offense and one that has been as potent as San Diego this year, uh, again, is uh, quite a feat to achieve, during which they had three interceptions, uh, one forced fumble, which they also recovered. No mean feat at all by the Dolphins' defense there, winning my Mr. Award. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going to be really, really, really unpopular today, it seems. But oh well, things need to be done. Decisions need to be made and awards need to be won. Stop. Dolphin time. Every time you see us, the dolphins are just right. We're awesome. 
awesome in the day and we're magic in the night. Now why would we ever stop doing this with other slumping teams that just can't hit? We tour around the country from Miami to the Bay with the offense pumping, defense thumping, the rest can go away. I'm going to finish off this week's show, um, not with the usual uh, outlook for week 10, uh, but the time has rolled around again for us to highlight some player charities or player foundations, because as we mentioned on prior shows, and what we're trying to do at the moment is bring some positive light and some positive press to the NFL, and in particularly the players, both past and present, um, for all of the great work they do in their local communities um, because we've had a lot of bad stories recently about what players do off the field so I'm trying to spin that round and remind everyone of all of the great things they also do off the field remember folks not all NFL players hit their fiancés or uh, or strike their children uh, which obviously is what has been uh, alleged with Ray Rice and Mr Adrian Peterson so we'll wait to see what happens on that on the positive note, let's get back rather than digressing onto the two foundations I have chosen to talk to you about this week. The first being the Mr. Foundation. I figured it's about time that we brought his foundation to everyone's attention. I've been skirting around it for the last few weeks, but he is one of my favourite players of all time, so uh, I can't help but talk about his his great work off the field as well. So uh, firstly, to let everyone know, there will be a link to his foundation webpage in the show notes, but to give you a brief insight, um, this is what the Ray Lewis Foundation is about. Since the beginning of his career, Ray Lewis, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, has maintained a steady practice of community involvement, family strengthening and charitable giving in the Baltimore area. This tradition of giving that he and his mother, affectionately known as Ms. Buffy, have established is now 11 years old and has grown roots. Over the years, their giving has taken on the form of donations, grants, scholarships and community involvement. In an effort to focus heavily and solely on community involvement and family strengthening, Ray formed the Ray Lewis Foundation, or the RLFF. The Ray Lewis Family Foundation is a non-profit tax-exempt corporation whose mission is to provide personal and economic assistance to disadvantaged youth and families in distress with a focus on building togetherness in the community. The foundation has developed annual programs focused specifically on educational development, self-esteem, health awareness and family unity. Some of those programs include the Kids of Character program and the purpose of the Kids of Character program or KOC is to encourage, honour and recognise youth who have notably demonstrated good character by working to assist others in their community who are in need of emotional, physical, financial and spiritual support. Participants are aged between 5 and 18. Um, Entry into the programme does require nomination by an elder in the community, family, church or school. Some other of his community initiatives are the Back to School programme, 
in which each year the Ray Lewis Foundation distributes over 200 fully loaded book bags to students throughout the Baltimore City and County Public School System. They also have a Thanksgiving giveaway, which is there to help those whose needy families often go without a Thanksgiving meal. Each year, the foundation, Ray himself, uh, and volunteers distribute over 500 meals in time for families to prepare for their meals before Thanksgiving. And finally, we have one of his other programmes, the Coat and Blanket Drive, in which they combine their annual Coat and Blanket Drive with their Thanksgiving Drive, and they are able to distribute over 1,000 coats, blankets and accessories to families in need or keep these individuals warm throughout the winter. There are other programmes as well that are run, um, but you can find more of those details on the Ray Lewis Foundation website, a link to which is in the show notes. Finally, we finish off with a Hall of Fame player. So as you've noticed, the theme this week has been players who are no longer playing the game, but yet still continue to do great work in their local communities. The next is Warren Moon, the former quarterback of the Houston Oilers. This past week, Warren Moon has announced a rededication to his non-profit organisation, the Crescent Moon Foundation. And here is what he had to say. From its inception during my time in Houston, the Crescent Moon Foundation has always been extremely special to me. Our nation's youth deserve every opportunity to succeed and the foundation gives hard-working children a chance they might otherwise not have. Established in 1989, the Crescent Moon Foundation, again, is a non-profit organisation dedicated to providing support for educational pursuits that will benefit children most in need who have displayed a commitment to their community, um, as well as other charitable causes. As part of the foundation's mission, they also have a scholarship known as the Rising Moon Scholarship Programme, which awards 10 scholarships of up to $5,000 annually to students that demonstrate a commitment to their community, excel in leadership and academics, and who are in need. Uh, Again, I strongly recommend you take a trip over to the Crescent Moon Foundation website, which a link is in our show notes. Be sure to check out the Crescent Moon Foundation and the Mr. Ray Lewis Foundation, two further examples of the work that the players put in outside of the field and what they try to give back to the community in their local areas. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Okay, well, that wraps it up for um, me for episode 54 of Spitball. All that remains is for me to remind you that this week sees the third, yes, that's right, the third international series game here in the UK to be played at Wembley Stadium this coming weekend uh, on the 9th of November between the Dallas Cowboys and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Apologies, I was even getting myself confused with uh, which date it was going to be played on, but of course it's going to be played on a Sunday. So we have the usual festivities uh, prior to the game. This time the Saturday 
Saturday fan rally will actually be held at Wembley Stadium. So if you've not got the chance to go to the game itself on the Sunday uh, and you've never been to Wembley before, then be sure to head down to Wembley on the Saturday um, to take part in the fan rally. There will be appearances by players from both teams, Hall of Famers, and it's generally an all-round great day. So I think you should go down uh, and check that out. I will actually be working myself, so I'm afraid I won't get to meet any of you at this international series. So it will have to wait until next year when we may even have four games. We'll wait and see what happens there. So whatever you're doing with for football this weekend folks out there hope you have a great time remember the international series game this weekend at Wembley also remember hey guys if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com we are also downloadable on iTunes and our most recent shows are rebroadcast on the 1800 online network a link to which is at the side of the page so until next week football fans when I'll be rejoined by Mr Innuendo himself stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by (laughs) 